open here as the Upper Room Worship Center Cafe Church in Belleville, 4567 East Main Street. And we welcome you here on Facebook, and we welcome you to even come and join us next Sunday. Um, if you don't have a church to attend, we would love to have you come here. And last week, we were talking about um, keys that ignite miracles in our life. And we've had uh, five different ones that we have talked about. So I just a little bit of a review. The first one is believe. And I had told you that I believe that salvation is the greatest miracle. Think of that. Somebody who has a heart and a heart, and all of a sudden God gets in there and he just gets into that soil and he starts breaking it up just like, you know, you want to go out in your garden, you want to break up that soil. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gets in there and he breaks up that soil. And what he does is he softens the heart. And all of a sudden you accept Jesus into your heart. So I believe that's the greatest miracle that we can experience. And then the second one is surrender. We need to surrender all of our plans. It's not about us. We need to make it all about him because you know what? Before we were born, he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. That's an awesome thing to think about. So we need to make him the Lord of our life. And many people have accepted Jesus into their heart, but they've not made him the Lord of their life. And Proverbs 16, 6 says, You can avoid evil through surrendered worship and the fear of God, for the power of his faithful love removes sin's guilt and grips over you. And then the third one was brokenness. And Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. So if you're having trouble right now and you're feeling so broken and, and you feel like you can't go on, He heals. Take a hold of this scripture because He wants to heal your broken heart and bind up all your wounds. And then the fourth one is having a relationship with the Father. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. That God loves us. He's our Father. And He has brought us out all His own. He calls on ahead of them. And as sheep follow Him, He wants to speak to us every day. Every day. And then we had the fifth one was faith. So I'm going to give you just a little bit of a review on faith. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And I asked you this question. In this pandemic, are you having complete faith and trust and confidence that our Father is taking us through this? Because He is. He, we will get through this. Because we have our Father who loves us and will take our hand and we just hold on to His hand. It's important to hold on to His hand and not let go. And then faith activates God's power. When we are having faith in Him, it activates God's power. And then Hebrews 11, 6 says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. So it is impossible to please God if we do not have faith in him. Think about that. Your father, your earthly father, wants to please you, wants to, to be there for you, loves you. 
And so you have faith that what he says, he's going to do, right? And that's the way our Father is, our Heavenly Father. He wants you to have faith that his word is true. He's not fooling around. He is truth. And he will do what he says he will do. Now, it may not be in the ways that we think it should. Because I believe that God always answers prayer. He either says yes, no, or wait. And we, as human beings, do not like the waiting period, do we? We're a microwave society, and we want it right now. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, God. You know, And sometimes, God, you're moving too slow in that waiting period. And sometimes we'll wait months. Sometimes we'll wait years for prayers to be answered. And then Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I told you that hear in Hebrew means listen, pay attention. God wants us to listen and pay attention to him. I just want to tell you, I just love that I got people here. <laughs> I love you out there, too, in Facebook, but I love people being here. It is so exciting to me, so I couldn't hardly contain myself on that one. One of the ways is declaring God's word. So I gave some declarations last Sunday and said about that we need to hold on and declare his word. Speak it out loud because our spirit hears it and our spirit begins to rise up over that flesh. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Fear is believing Satan's words over my word. Fear is believing Satan's words. God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So, notice that... Um, the disciples were trained in faith. They were always being trained in faith. And we talked about that last week. We gave different examples of Peter walking on the water. You know, and so what we want to do is we're in a training session. We are always in training. And so we learn by the hard times that we go through. That's where we learn. That's where we grow. That's where we come closer to our Father. And James 2, 6 says, For as the human body apart from the Spirit is lifeless, so faith apart from its works of obedience is dead. So faith without works is dead. So now, what is the sixth key? Obedience. Faith without works is dead. So one day I heard the Holy Spirit say, Obedience is the key that unlocks the door to more of my presence. Obedience is the key that unlocks the door to more of my presence. So the question is, do you want more of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life? We say we do, but are we doing what God's saying to do? Are we saying what God wants us to say? Are we going where God wants us to go? Proverbs 19.23 says, When you live a life of abandoned love, surrender before the awe of God. Here's what you'll experience. 
abundant life, continual protection, and complete satisfaction. I'm going to repeat that. Here's what you'll experience when you live a life of abandoned love and surrendered before our all of God. Surrendered. Abundant life. That's what he's called us to live, an abundant life. And continual protection. Continual protection. And complete satisfaction. That doesn't mean that we're not going to go through hard times. And of course we are. We have been in a hard time with this pandemic. But it does mean that he will be there. He will help us to get through. He will protect us. He will give us the abundance that he has called us to have. Job 36.11 says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness and joy. If they obey and serve him. Obey and serve him. So, some of you, I'm sure, remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they were thrown into the fiery furnace uh, that was turned up seven times hotter. And if you remember, the guy who was in charge of the furnace died because it was so hot. And here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into that furnace. But they said they would not serve the gods that they were told they had to serve. So let's pick up on Daniel 3, 16 to 18. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to answer you on this point. It's a done deal. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to serve those gods. I serve God in him only. And so the king, he gives orders to turn up the fire seven times hotter. The king's soldiers tie them to, you can imagine, they're tied up in their trousers, their coats, their turbans, and all of their clothing. And they thrown, and then they're thrown into the midst of the blazing fire. Daniel 3, 16 to 18. And so imagine this, the furnace was so hot, and like I said, the king's, uh, one of the king's men died. It was that hot. But you see, they're saying, you know what? If I perish, I perish. Uh, God can save me. He can definitely save us. But if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. And you can throw me into the fire. You see, we don't know what's ahead. Are you going to serve God? What if, what if the government comes to the point and says you can't serve God anymore? You know, that's something to think about. What are you going to do? Well, and if you don't, you're going to be beheaded. You're going to go to prison. You know, you can't serve him anymore. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew their God. And I'm telling you, we need to know our Father. Not just know about him, 
but really know him. You see, this is an amazing story because when they get into the fire, the king looks in the furnace and he's like, what, no one? One, two, three. Oh, there's a good one in there. Who was in there? God. He was in there. He was in there with them in the fiery furnace. And I want to tell you right now, when you feel you're in a fiery furnace, God is right with you. He is right there with you. You just need to know that he loves you and that he has a plan for you and he has a purpose for you. And he will deliver you out of this fiery furnace because he delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of that fiery furnace. You see, they trusted God to deliver them. They didn't say, well, I don't know. I don't know if we can do this because I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, we're going to perish in there. No, they didn't say that. They said, if we perish, we perish. But our God can save us. And if he decides not to, whew, we win. We go to heaven. <laughs> you know, we win because we'll be with him forever. And that's the kind of an attitude that we need to take on upon ourselves. We need to say, you know, whatever's going to happen, God's got me. If I perish, well, then I win because I go to heaven. And that's the way you have to look at life because otherwise you're going to sit in fear and worry and stress and anxiety. And God does not call us to do that. So, not only does the king see that fourth one in there, but now Nebuchadnezzar says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Blessed be the God. Before, no, you've got to serve these gods. But now it's blessed be the God. And who has sent his angel and rescued his servants who believed in, trusted in, and relied on him. How about that? Now the king recognizes that this is their God and they believed in him and they trusted him and he came forth for them. And so... Therefore, he makes a decree, and he says that any people, nation, or language that speaks anything offensive against the God. So it's all turned now. The tables are turned on the enemy. I love it. <laughs> because now he knows that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego serve the God, the living God. And so the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. I love that story. And see, we can take a hold of that and make that our own story. When we get in that fiery trial, he's right there with us. And he's going to see us through. And he's going to show others, other people that maybe are not believers. He's going to see because they're going to look at your life. And they're going to say, how are you getting through this? There are people that are coming to the Lord right now because they are scared. But we want them to come because out of love. You know, I've said many times, I came to the Lord when I was six years old, but it was out of fear. I didn't come to him out of love. 
But I can tell you now, I know him, and I know his love for me, and I know his love for all of us, that he loves us so much. So how could these three men make the decision to obey God? That no matter what, even if they died in a blazing fire, why could they do that? First of all, they knew their God was able to save them. They put a guard on their heart. They didn't allow their heart to fear and get worried and anxious. And I'll tell you what, that's a pretty strong guard, don't you think? <laughs> to know that you're going to be thrown in a fiery furnace and turned up seven times hotter. And they believed, trusted, and relied on their God. And that's the question. Are we believing? Are we relying? Are we trusting in our God? And they didn't let fear override their faith. We must not allow fear to override our faith. And they weren't afraid of man. And there's so many times that we bow under things instead of bowing under God, we bow under man. And then because we have fear. Fear, if we don't do this, then we're going to be in trouble. Now, there's certain things that we do need to listen to. But there are some things, if it's against God, we don't need to listen to that. And they knew that the worst that could happen was death on earth that meant they would be present with the Lord. That was the worst. What's the worst that can happen to us today? Be present with the Lord. If we die here, we are going to be present with the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And most of all, they knew that God was the potter and they were the clay. So no longer were they all worked up over any of this because they knew God. And that's the big key right there too, knowing God. Now, when you know him, you love him, and you want to obey him. You see, it all follows together because when I learned his love for me, oh my goodness, I wanted to follow him. I wanted to be with him. I was learning to know him. It was no longer about that religion. It was now about relationship. And we need a relationship with our Father. It is so important. And not to wait till we get into a crisis. Get a relationship with him before you get into a crisis. So that you can go through that crisis and you're not going to sit in fear and worry and anxiety. Well, years ago, I was in a season where it was time for God to turn up the heat and to rid my soul of more impurities. You see, there are things inside of us that we don't realize that we have. And so we can say, Lord, search my heart, O oh God, and know my anxious thoughts. You see, he knows all your anxious thoughts. Everything you're thinking right now, he knows it. <laughs> Sometimes thoughts come in and you think, ooh, where'd that come from? But he knows every thought that you have. And if a thought you shouldn't have, hand it over. Hand it over to the Lord. You see, he's looking, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for reflection. He wants to see his reflection in you. Uh, Zechariah 9.16 says, The Lord their God will save his people on that day as a shepherd saves his flock. They will sparkle in his land like jewels and a crown. That's what we're to do. We're to sparkle. 
We're to be like jewels in a crown. When we go out there to people that don't know the Lord, we are to be like those jewels in a crown, to sparkle. And then Isaiah says, 64, 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. So I'm going to give you a couple testimonies of what took place in my life as I learned to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, my son was nine years old when we discovered that he had severe scoliosis. And three months later, I was suddenly going through a separation in my first marriage. There were times when I didn't know how I was going to feed my children. I remember standing in a welfare line for a food stamp and being turned down because I had a house that I couldn't make the payments on, but I was turned down. And I want to say to you, I know there's a lot of people out there that are really having a hard time and have to get food stamps and, and are having to get things from welfare. I, I just want to encourage you. You know, God didn't choose for me to have that, but there are ways that God does use. And so I want you to take a hold of that and not be so ashamed. I've heard different situations of people feeling really bad. And also I want to talk to those that look at people that have those stamps. That they will not look at them and judge them and criticize them. But that they will try to just, you know, and if you can get to them, get to them. You know, God has a plan for each one of us and he doesn't have the same plan. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm coming back from standing in that line. And it really gave me empathy for people, even more. God took me through so many situations to show me how it feels on the other side. And it's painful. And I'm crying out to the Lord and just crying the whole way home. And I come in and I pull in my driveway and people are standing at my doorstep with food. Right there with food. And I didn't ask for it. I didn't say, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I, I'm not sure what, how we're going to feed, how I'm going to feed my children. I never said that. But there he was, reaching out through other people to help me. My children and I never went hungry. And then another time, a pastor and his wife needed a, a place to start a church. So I said, well, you can use my home. We'll start a church here. So that's what we did. And they were not wealthy. They had a peanut business, and I helped to pack some peanuts and sell some in the bars. <laughs> so we heard of a needy family in Gettysburg and started to gather up food for them. Well, one morning, someone came to my door, and they had all this food, canned goods and, and a turkey. And I thought, okay, I know that we're trying to gather up canned goods, but I didn't know about the turkey. Well, I'm standing there thinking, and God said, it's not for you. This is not for you. You're to give it all away. I wanted the turkey. <laughs> 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 but he told me I had to give it all away. So I went to the pastor and I said, uh, here's all these canned goods. You know, the Lord said they're not mine. And I said, uh, were you going to get a turkey? I'm still trying. <laughs> 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 were you going to get a turkey? And I'm like, okay, um, 
have they were going to now they didn't have much money and they were going to go buy a turkey i said i hear this <laughs> i said god's blessing you that you don't have to go and buy that we got everything for this family and you know it was amazing because the, um the next day i got a phone call from my neighbor and her and i were really close and she said jenny i have something i want to give you and lo and behold she comes over and she gives me a turkey the next day another friend of mine called and she said jenny i have something for you can i visit you today sure you can visit me guess what i got a turkey <laughs> so i got two turkeys that's God. Gave one away. But I had to obey, didn't I? I had to obey. Did I want to give the turkey away? No, I didn't want to. But I did it. And it's not to toot my own horn. It's to say, we need to obey the Lord. We miss out on blessings when we don't obey the Lord. Now, the next day, you know, I'm like, God, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting in shock. Another turkey. Amazing. But that's our father. He has such great things ahead for us. And I wonder sometimes how many times we miss out on the blessings that he has for us. And so 2 Corinthians, and I love this, it's 9-7. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. This is taken from the Passion Translation. He loves hilarious generosity. That means that, oh dear, I got to give this. No. It means, oh, God, you supplied more. I hear that from Gail. Oh, God, you're giving me more, and I can give out more. That, that's what God does. He does that. You never know what is going to come out of obedience to the Holy Spirit when he tells you to give to someone. So I had another situation. I had been a home interiors displayer, and I was working towards being a manager. In the midst of the separation, I knew that I had to sell out of the business, and I knew that I had to be home in the evenings with my children. So I gathered up everything together, had a walk-in, and I uh, talked to my aunt on the phone, and she said, well, do you have a certain picture? Well, here again, it was all discontinued in home interiors, and guess who had one? Me. It was my favorite picture. <laughs> And I wanted to put it in a bathroom that wasn't totally finished. That was my goal, my plan. Well, the Holy Spirit said, give it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't really want you, but I will. Uh, okay, I'll give it. Well, here's what happened. I took it over to my aunt, and I sat down on the couch. For the first time in all the years, I got to spend some really special time with my uncle and i sat down and i ended up telling him that i really loved him we just had a great conversation and i told him i just really love you and he told me that he loved me and we just had a blessed time two weeks later he suddenly died i had that blessing to be able to be with him 
to be able to sit with him and tell him that I loved him and to hear that he loved me. What would have happened if I would have given up that picture? I would have missed out on that blessing. I don't think the Lord would have spent me, but he wanted me to have a blessing, and I would have missed out on that blessing. And so we have in Acts 16, 6, and we have a story of Paul and Silas, and they're out and they're ministering through the region of central and west central Turkey. And when they got as far west as the borders of Mysia, they repeatedly attempted to go north into the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter. Two times the spirit of the Lord told them, I don't want you going here. I don't want you going here. Well, why? The Holy Spirit doesn't have to give a reason why. But if he prompts you and says, don't go there. Don't do this. Don't say that then you need to listen. Well, the Holy Spirit had a blessing in, in front of Paul and Silas. And so they listen. He has this vision, and he's, uh, this guy comes to him in the dream, and he says, uh, he's pleading with him, and he says, you must come across the sea to Macedonia and help us. So he's saying, okay, look, you know, Macedonia... This is where you need to go. Paul wakes up and he knew, he knew that was the Lord. Telling him, don't go here, don't go there, but go to Macedonia. So, he and Silas prepare to go. And finally it says when we reach Philippi, a major city in the Roman colony of Macedonia, and we remain there for a number of days. When the Sabbath day came, we went outside the gates of the city to the nearby river, for there appeared to be a house of prayer and worship there. Sitting on the riverbank, we struck up a conversation with some of the women who gathered there. One of them was Lydia. And then there was a businesswoman from the city and who was a dealer of exquisite purple cloth and a Jewish convert. While Paul shared the good news with her, God opened her heart to receive Paul's message. And not only did she, did God open her heart, but the rest of her family. Paul would have missed out on that blessing. It is a blessing when you are able to talk to somebody and minister to them and they accept Jesus into your heart. There's nothing like it. And I know the angels and God are up there rejoicing. Hallelujah, we got another one. Woo-wee! <laughs> you know? And Paul got to experience that, Paul and Silas. And then, and in the midst of that, then one day as they were going to the house of prayer, they encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination, the spirit of Python. She had earned great profits for her owners by being a fortune teller. She kept following us, shouting, Now, these men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved. Does that sound weird? No, it doesn't. But this is where we need to have the gift of, of discernment. We need to know, is this really God, or is this from the enemy? Because what she was saying didn't sound bad. But she kept following them all around, 
of it because he knew that was not the spirit of God. That was the spirit of divination. The python spirit, they call it. And so day after day, she continued to do this until Paul finally said, I command you in the name of Jesus. So now Paul encounters this spirit with this young girl. He commands it to leave her, and the girl becomes free. And she's no longer under her owners. Now, that didn't make the enemy very happy. Because the owners were using her to go around and take people's fortunes. And now they're not able to do that. What did Paul do? He wrecked the kingdom of the enemy. He wrecked it. And so now it's like, all right, now it comes into a big argument, confusion, chaos, accusations, and now they got to go before the Roman authorities. What do the Roman authorities do? They put Paul and Silas in jail. And then we can say, but God. <laughs> Because there they are in jail, and all of a sudden an earthquake comes and loosens the bands and the chains on them, and they're free. But they sit there, and they don't leave right away. They just sit there, and they wait. And the jailer is so afraid because he's like, oh, no, uh, did, are they here? I'm going to be really in trouble. Are they here? Well... They sat there. And now the power of God has been shown again. And so what happens? Now these the jailer and his family all become saved. Paul obeyed the Holy Spirit when he said, don't go this way, don't go this way, don't do this. You see, that's the life that God wants us to have. A life of obedience to the Father. And I just want to encourage you that if there is something that the Lord has told you to do and you're kind of dragging your feet and you're not doing it, I encourage you to ask the Lord. Just say to him, I want to do it. But I'm afraid. Or I want to do it, but i got to really know that it's you that really wants me to do that. Because we need confirmation. When we believe that God is calling us to something, we need that confirmation. So I know that we've all been in painful places these last months. However, I believe that we continually obey the Holy Spirit and continually make God the Lord of our life, we will see many miracles come out of this pandemic. How many of you find yourself being blessed over and over again when you give your tithes or you give to others? You receive a blessing. You know, there used to be a song that, and I think it was by the Oak Ridge Boys, that you would hand it out the front door and God would turn around the back door and he'd give you more and then you hand it out the front door and he'd come around and... You know, and, and you think about that because you handed out the front door, he comes around the back door, and he gives you more to hand out the front door. And so John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. 
In the world you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. In other words, take courage, be confident and certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. In other words, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So we're going to continue this series on Expect Miracles. And as you have listened to this message, are you believing for miracles in your life? In the midst of the pandemic, are you believing for a miracle in your life? And if you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, please pray this prayer with me. Father, I confess that I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive me. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died and was raised from the dead so I could live forever with you. I ask you to come into my heart and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I give you all my plans for my life and ask you to show me your plan. I now make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you have prayed this prayer with me this morning, congratulations. You have joined the family of God. And I would love to hear from you, so please message me on Facebook. And if these messages are touching your heart, and you would like to send us a love offering, uh, you can mail it to the Upper Room Worship Center at 76 Shawnee Drive, Belleville, Pennsylvania. And so I just want to leave this with you, that God is your rear guard to protect you, that the angel of the Lord is encamped around you, that you, he has pitched a tent, and he is resting with you. And he is ahead of you. He is so far ahead of all that is going on. And most of all, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, he is within you. And we speak favor and blessings and visitations in Jesus' name.